Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak Podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. So the Karnataka Assembly elections are about to be, uh, I think they start on the 10th. The first phase of voting is on the 10th, if I remember correctly. If I'm not, please correct me. And as always, uh, every election, pre-election and post-election podcast is going to happen. So to do the pre-election podcast, I have with me Adit as always. Adit, welcome. Hi, hi, Kushal. Uh, we have to clarify, yes, the IPL match is going on, but we are going to be talking about elections well, before yeah, people so, start. And that too, Mumbai Indians is playing for, you know, it, it, uh, so for uh, people, I uh, mean, dedication, dekho. Mumbai Indians ke match yeah, or, or, or mein IPL to be very honest uh, <laughs> and yes Pradeep Bhandari will be joining us but Pradeep will join us at around 9 p.m I will uh once he joins we'll uh we'll read him in in the podcast but before Pradeep comes what we can do is we can uh maybe take care of the basics first so, Adit, as always, let's start like we always do in every election podcast of ours. We first mm-hmm. mentioned the entire breakup of the state, how the state is, what is the percentage uh, in terms of caste, religion, etc., etc. So, to karle, jo tu dega, wo baki ka main bol dunga. <laughs> it's it's so Karnataka is a one of the largest states of India, right? You you are talking about a uh, uh, in terms of seats, if I it about 28 Lok Sabha seats and 224 assembly seats um, you know sixth largest state in terms of area and about 61 million people or 6.1 crore people uh, which obviously that is a 2011 number that number will significantly go up when the 2021 census comes out so uh, always a significant uh, uh, point and Karnataka election also happens at a very curious time if you see in 2018 right that, that it always ha- happens exactly a year Year before the Lok Sabha elections. So you have the, you know, 2013 one uh, and even even though you have a lot of bearing of Karnataka on how the uh, you know Lok Sabha elections vote, Karnataka has voted in some very unique patterns, and we are going to go through that patterns in detail by detail because. Uh, one thing which will surprise a lot of people is, you know, uh, people talk about UP and uh, uh, many other states voting certain way in assembly and certain way in Lok Sabha. Karnataka has been consistently doing that for the last 20 years, right? And since 2004, BJP has always been the dominant party in the Lok Sabha elections in Karnataka, irrespective of however well or badly they do in the state. And there is a, always a delta of about 5 to 8% between what BJP gets in the Lok Sabha and uh, in terms of vote share and BJP gets in the uh, Vidhan Sabha. So in 2004, when the whole India shining, you know, debacle was happening where BJP was losing seats across India, Karnataka, they actually went up. And then for, in 2009, they went even higher when sort of to, uh, 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 in, essentially BJP was reduced to just two urban areas, Ahmedabad and Bangalore. Apart from those, they lost each and every city in 2009 when Mr. Advani was the prime minister. But BJP again does very well in Karnataka in Lok Sabha. Gets, I think, about 19 seats, 18 or 19 seats. Then in 2014, uh, the whole mis- they, they patch up with Mr. Yediyurappa right before the elections and then, you know, get a big number. 2019, that number even goes higher, where they make a foray into the old Mysore uh, uh, regions of Mandya, Tumakaru, and other seats. And uh, who knows what 2024 uh, might come. But this I had to preface with that being in assembly, where in 2008, 2004, a JDS gets 58 seats 
in the Vidhan Sabha and a JDS uh, uh, Dharam Singh government, uh, JDS Congress government, uh, coalition government gets formed. In 2008, you have BS Yadurappa after the whole JDS BJP two and a half year power sharing thing breaks down in seven days, Mr. Yadurappa uh, becomes the CM. And then, you know, the, the BJP replaces the CM with Mr. Jagdish Shetar, uh, Sadananda Gouda, and then Yadurappa performs his own party. And then 2013, Sidramaya comes back to power. That from there we move to 2018, where BJP becomes the single largest party, and Mr. Yadurappa again becomes the chief minister. So you have two periods of Congress chief ministers where BJP has consistently done well and swept the states in the Lok Sabha. So that is a big caveat we have to give because news channels. Pe, uh, the reason I started with this and not with the cast prediction is because. A week from now, 10 days from now, when we we'll go into the Karnataka results, news channels are going to jump up and down saying, oh, how is this going to you know, impact uh, the Lok Sabha and what will this happen? Well, they don't know. <laughs> so so <laughs> let me, uh, with that preface, uh, let's, let's get into the caste breakup uh, of Karnataka and the, you know, the community breakup and stuff. So Karnataka is a very complex state with two uh, sort of communities that have dominated the political uh, 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 sort of geography or the political history of Karnataka. One is the Lingayats and the other is the Vokkalikas. Now, historically, their population was about 17% and 16%. Lingayats probably about a little more than 20% because there is also some OBC Lingayats and, you know, all that uh, uh, interesting combinations that is going on, but <clears throat> let's let's say above fifty. It was con consistently above fifteen percent. Now, according to some uh, caste census that Sidramaya did, that number dropped down to fourteen to fifteen percent. But I think it's still in the seventeen eighteen percent range. And the Vokkaligas, according to him, dropped to about eleven percent. But apart from that, you have about fifteen sixteen percent Muslim population, close to eighteen percent Dalit population. You have uh, Kuruba population seven percent. I think where Mr. Sidramaya belongs to that caste, some tribal population, about 5%, 3% uh, Brahmins and Christians, and OB, rest of the OBCs are about 16%. So, and then the rest, Buddhist Jains, uh, are about 6%. So that's the breakup. Um, what is interesting is the power sharing as the chief minister has usually been a Lingayat or a Vokkalega, which used to be uh, in, there was a very uh, famous Congress leader, uh, Mr. Virendra Patil, who was a Lingayat leader, and he, the way he was summarily removed by the then Congress government by Rajiv Gandhi and stuff, a lot of the Lingayat were, he gave Congress the biggest majority in the history of Karnataka. They, I don't think they've ever repeated that number that Mr. Virendra Patil gave. But then uh, the way he was, you know, his humiliation and then his ouster and all sorts of backstabbings that happened, the Lingayat vote conclusively shifted to the BJP. And since then, about 60 to 70% of the Lingayat vote has stayed with the BJP. And the Vokkaliga vote is primarily JDS. Uh, JDS and some goes with the Congress. And now the BJP is trying to make some forays into that vote as well. Now, this religious breakdown, If I want to share one more uh, factor in this. It's very interesting. Um, is the urban and rural religious breakdown. Hmm. So in Karnataka, the Hindu population in rural areas is 90%. Muslims hmm. are 7.7, Christians 0.8, Jain 0.59, Buddhist hmm. 0.19, Sikh 0.02, other 0.01, religion not stated 0.18. Urban, it drastically changes. 
73.7 Hindu, Muslim 21.2, 3.53 Christian, Jain 0.93, Buddhist 0.11. So just to make a point, I have said this multiple times, multiple places in this podcast and on the Sham Sharma show where people laugh at me. But I have always maintained this because log number nahi padte hain. Muslims, especially as a community, pan-India, and I repeat this, Muslims, as I'm not making it as a bad or a good thing. I'm just telling you because as an election campaign guy, I actually made a campaign in the election. And when I started working here and here, I felt like I was the first time in my life. Damn, you don't find Muslims outside urban areas. बॉम्बे में तो मुंबई में तो 30 परसेंट टच करते हैं दिल्ली में 30 परसेंट टच करते हैं मुस्लिम्स मुस्लिम्स आर लिटरली एन अर्बन फिनोमिनन इन इंडिया दे आर ऑल ओवर अर्बन इंडिया एंड यू डोंट फाइंड देम इन रूरल इंडिया रूरल इंडिया इज स्टिल डोमिनेटेड बाय द हिंदू पॉपुलेशन व्हिच ब्रिंग्स मी टू द नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन यार अर्बन रूरल वोटिंग पैटर्न्स फिर क्या है ऐसा क्या होता है कि बीजेपी अभी यू नो थिंकिंग लाइक अगर एक एक नॉर्मल एवरेज आई एम नॉन बिगेटेड वे में मिल्क टोस्ट पैटर्न क्या है बीजेपी इज एन अर्बन पार्टी ये तो सब मानते हैं एक मिल्क टोस्ट पैटर्न क्या है बीजेपी को लोग एक अर्बन पार्टी मानते हैं दे थिंक दे आर एन अर्बन पार्टी बट लुक एट द आयरनी दैट इन अर्बन एरियाज मुस्लिम आर वे मोर इलेक्टोरली डोमिनेंट बट बीजेपी टेंट्स टू स्वीप अर्बन एरियाज पर कैपिटा वे मोर then they t- and the pattern you know, you know it we've covered gujarat also where does bjp struggle the most in yeah. rural areas they struggle so, the most there are two parts to to this right first of all urban area mein there is certain you know you there is certain hindu muslim polarization so what you are going to have is hindus voting more as a hindu community rather than you know dividing so wahan pe the strike rate is more so if you get 90% vote of a 70% population that is about 60 60 65 you know 50 60% votes right and then in the rural area if you are getting 60% of an 80% population that is still less even though that's one is 48% other is 63% to kabhi kabhi ye hota hai second when you don't have a religious divide then you know you are you go are you, are people voting across the caste caste lines and the community lines now certainly in parts of rural gujarat that is the case right you have you have certain seats where you you'll have the kshatriyas voting a certain way you have the harijans population voting the, the tribals voting a certain way uh, you have uh, you know the patel non patel divide so how does that sort of work right alpesh thakur uh, he wins a seat as a congress crosses over to the bjp and loses the same seat in the by election right does, does that mean his own community doesn't and then he he fights from another seat in the bjp and wins it by a bigger margin as a bjp candidate from another uh, constituency right so there are many such con- local contradictions uh, where one community vote is more dominant and how does that vote, uh, you know how does that sort of impact those elections but karnataka also gets so I, one thing i want to talk about karnataka is and i forgot to mention that there are four major regions of karnataka that we have to look at right <clears throat> one is the what used to be called the mumbai or the bombay karnataka which is now renamed as kittur karnataka which is a northwest region 
right that has uh, the belagavi or belgam uh, which is a significant marathi speaking population as well uh, in the northwest region the second region <coughs> is the kalyana karnataka which is or the hyderabad karnataka which is the on the northeast side it was the erstwhile region that was owned uh, you know ruled by the uh, nizams and that's why it was called that and then you have the coastal karnataka which is obviously around the you know arabian sea coastline and then you have the old mysore region uh, which is which has the bengaluru and others and of course there is a central karnataka region also but usually these are the four four major regions and central karnataka is almost divided into certain constituencies that are a part of these regions uh, so uh, old mysore region is where the jds is the most popular uh, the 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 hyderabad karnataka or the kalyana karnataka is where you know mr kharge and there are other seats and there are old congress strongholds there and then then you have the mumbai karnataka area where the bjp is very strong apart from the bengaluru and this, I'm, i'm sort of tying it back to what you were saying uh, that bjp all in in karnataka also they have consistently swept bengaluru with about 60 to 70% of the seats and <clears throat> two districts the bengaluru district and the belgaudi belagavi district have probably you know the biggest catchment area for the bjp if the bjp wants to get close to 100 or above 100 they have to get close 70 to 75% strike rate in these two districts then there is no if bjp goes below 50 in these two districts it is a lot of trouble for them so that is uh, uh, coming back to the whole urban sort of situation that you were saying yeah but uh, in my analysis this is the reason why bjp <clears throat> does overwhelmingly well and people may yeah. not accept it but one of the biggest factor is the religious polarization that happens in yeah, urban yeah. areas compared to the rural areas in rural areas uh, the polarization is on the basis of caste more religion less because it the scope of that does not exist over there and this mm-hmm. is going to be a phenomenon pan india more and more and more and more as the bjp keeps becoming a political force and stays as a political force i see bjp becoming a, a humongous urban party and people are not realizing people still go by that third class barometer of the government of india which has been set for like years now which says oh, india is only 36 or 38% odd urban no it is not <laughs> it is india not. E- okay if you don't go on a go by the dahija paper which talks about lighting you know illumination reports mm-hmm. dahija at all uh, paper the because vivek dahija and them they put it like 60% plus okay let's not go by that but safer assumptions i forgot chetan or chinmay who was that uh, who had come up with the paper and a detailed analysis that india has now almost touched 50% urban and Absolutely. if india is 50% urban i think it benefits bjp a lot more than every other political outfit in india just for the nature of indian politics i am not saying this whether it's good or bad listen you come to this podcast for what you call dispassionate analysis and let the chips fall wherever they fall yeah, my yeah. job is to tell you what is happening in india <coughs> along with adit and give you a trajectory of what is most probably going to happen and i am hmm. seeing this trend quietly for the last three decades india is becoming more and more urban not just mumbai i'm talking about navi mumbai i'm talking about other areas thane delhi you know uh, the ncr region then bengaluru and other areas as the urban uh, population rises in india you are just going to see this polarization 
more and more and more because people go for jobs over there and the urban hindu has a v- much more bjp leaning attitude than the rural so hindu me- let me sort of say in one line i'm sorry didn't mean to cut you short kushal but i just to add on to your point you what you are describing is what in us there is a concept called metro area right yes. so you when you look at houston or when you look at new york it's not just the houston area you look at houston metro area so you look at the six sort of small cities of 100000 people that are bordering houston that actually are not that big in terms of uh, you know the way they are governed but they are urban areas the issues are very urban their thinking is very urban the, they just live in the suburbs so the concept of suburbs is now creeping into you know the indian concept uh, because they, they the problem with mumbai and delhi is they are geographically uh, small like mumbai you cannot just you know build another island so that's why you have the near the trombe area the navi mumbai area the dahanu area you know you have the uh, so there are many many such areas that are small and the, the whole concept that mr modi called the urban concept right the quasi rural but urban concept that is also creeping into india second thing i actually agree with you that it's more than 50% urban for the simple reason i i am an election i and we analyze elections right let's look at the constituencies for even if 40% constituencies are completely urban and in 10% there is more than 40 or 50% urban vote that means the issues there become very urban right so you automatically so even if india might be you know you may say 40% urban tell me the number ki boss how many constituencies are urban and i gujarat you gave an interesting example used to be about 40% urban in 2017 i think that number has gone up to 45% in terms of constituencies it may be even higher i'm being very conservative here right so uh, so how do how, how do you how do you how do you analyze that and you are right that the you know if you have the hindu muslim divide it will you know bjp is sta- is standing to gain that's why you have the in the coastal karnataka region i think the uh, there is a significantly higher population there and bjp actually has done very well throughout the now you know that hijab row that happened a few uh, months ago or last year is that going to benefit the bjp this time i think it will you are seeing <clears throat> you know that but is that enough for them to sweep the whole state i am not so sure i think this time the challenges are far more localized mr modi will get you that extra 3 4% 5% boost that he does but in the, when it comes to the assembly elections bjp will always start at a relative disadvantage than the congress because their vote share shrinks so in the lok sabha they are talking they get more than 40% 42 43% their assembly vote share drops to about 35 36% 34% and then when you when your vote share is that much you are looking at a lot more localized context and then do not rule out the impact of dk shivkumar i think dk shivkumar thinks that this time is his time and sidramaiya he can you know sort of sideline sidramaiya so if he takes it in his himself the congress does have a chance to upstage bjp in some seats okay so one more thing i wanted to share was i read uh, i know it's thoda purana article hai but bjp ki to caste based ticket allocation puri hai indian express mein 212 candidates lingayat uh है इसमें 63 पंचमसली 20 है वोकलिगा 43 एसटी 17 ब्राह्मण 12 एससी 34 uh, 8 10 ये सब आप देख रहे हो ओबीसी में 
फोर्टी वन है कुरुबा एट है रेड्डी सिक्स है मराठा फोर है बंट फाइव है एडिगा फोर बिल्डवा थ्री कांग्रेस का देखो कांग्रेस की वन सिक्सटी सिक्स है इसमें मगर लिंगायत फोर्टी टू पंचमशली इलेवन है वोकलिगा थर्टी थ्री है एस टी ट्वेल्व है मुस्लिम इलेवन है बीजेपी ने एक भी मुसलमान को नहीं दिया है कांग्रेस ने ग्यारह मुस्लिम को दिए दो क्रिश्चियन को दिए हैं छह ब्राह्मण को दिए हैं एससी में छब्बीस दिए देख बीजेपी ने ज्यादा एससी को दिए कांग्रेस ने कम दिए हैं और ओबीसी में भी कांग्रेस ने कम किया है नेचुरली बिकॉज कांग्रेस हैज कट इन टू द ओबीसी एंड पोल्स एंड it was said that bjp was getting 60 to 70% of the lingayat vote so if that is the case then you are going to have like a, at least 30 to 40% lingayat candidates and because 60 to 70% i mean that's a that's a huge margin right and then you have the vocal ligas which is very interesting now historically bjp has not given many seats as many seats to the vocal ligas but with mr sm krishna with certain uh, uh, leaders so there was a there's a kannada old uh, uh, actor ambarish who was a lok sabha mp from the congress his wife uh, sumalata was stood as an independent in 2019 in a seat called mandya where bjp had no chance on its own bjp supported sumalata as an independent candidate and she won she beat the gowda family and she beat the congress to win mandya and then she extended so this time she has said that she will uh, uh, support the bjp uh, uh, and campaign for them so in the old mysore belt in tumakuru hasan mandya bangalore rural these segments these lok sabha segments now certainly bjp is trying to get at least 15 20% of the votes that's why you see the 43 vocal liga seats yeah but uh, and, what do you make बीजेपी को लोग क्रिटिसाइज करेंगे नॉट इवन अ सिंगल मुस्लिम एंड क्रिश्चियन हैज बीन गिवन अ टिकट बाय द बीजेपी द द फैक्ट इज द फैक्ट इज दैट आई मीन आई एम श्योर देयर आर पीपल ऑफ बीजेपी हु कैन डिफेंड दिस बट एज अ यू नो एज अ ऑब्जेक्टिव एनालिस्ट आई कैन टेल यू व्हाट दे हैव व्हाट दे हैव रियलाइज्ड इज टू मैक्सिमाइज देयर गेट्स एंड आई थिंक देयर डेटा शोस दैट दे आर नॉट गेटिंग दैट मेनी दैट मेनी सीट्स लोकसभा वोट्स फ्रॉम certain areas of the muslim uh, where the muslim pockets or christian pockets christians ko to bjp has still given tickets in goa and many other seats northeast mein to mm. the bjp dominance shows that actually uh, I, i would say that's an unfair argument that bjp is not giving seats to the christian population and in in karnataka i don't even think there is a significant i mean the christian population in karnataka is as similar to the jain population like 2% or 3% or something it's not like that significant so that could be since um but when it comes to the um, it's it's like the whole chicken and egg theory right uh, they used to give tickets and in certain like in up and stuff and then they never got elected so it's it's just been like maximize the gains and what bjp has seen is even in a seat that is like about 50 60% muslim population sometimes they'll give a seat uh, to the hindu candidate who gets 90% of the 40% hindu vote and the muslim votes get divided and they get elected the exact example is what happened in rampur a couple of times or azamgarh 
uh, what BJP did in you know 2014 Lok Sabha in a few uh, dominated. So I think that has been the strategy. Now one can criticize them, one can think, but I think they have just continued that with the strategy that rather than going for a you know a share of the Muslim vote, they are actually you know giving Hindus the seats. Fair enough. I my simple answer to this question every time somebody raises is it not that I'm a BJP spokesperson, but I mean it is what it is. I mean I just say it as I see it. BJP is a party that is designed to win elections, right? Hmm. Why in the living hell would BJP distribute its seats based on symbolism and not winnability criteria? The Congress gives these seats also because they believe they are going to win an election on the basis of these distributions. That's all it boils down to, boss. It's about winning an election. It doesn't matter who's going to do it, how it's going to happen, whether it's right, whether it's wrong. Political outfits are machines that are designed to maximize their probabilities of winning, pretending to be nice and ethical at the same time. And I don't say this word pretending with any hesitation. And this cuts across political parties before somebody thinks that this is BJP ka voter. No, brother. Everyone pretend karte hain. And aisa hi hai. They only think and look, and they look at the number, they look at the survey numbers, and they just give the tickets. That's all these parties do. That's all they no, do. No, absolutely. Oh. But so, no, now, no, I, I agree. Let's and, talk and about one, the CM phase. What about huh, the CM yeah. phase? Uh, one one correction, actually, I stand corrected. In Mandia, actually, it, it makes it even more impressive. JDS and Congress were in alliance in 2019. And together, they got 5.7 lakh votes. And Sumalata as independent got 7 lakh votes. And to just give you guys perspective, in the 2014 Modi wave, BJP only managed 86,000 votes in Mandia. From 86,000 votes, their backed independent candidate won 7 lakh votes. So that was the swing. And who was standing in JDS? Nikhil Kumaraswamy. Right. So, I mean, you are defeating uh, basically the son of HD Kumaraswamy in their stronghold in a place where out of uh, uh, they have eight MLAs, seven go to the JDS and only one goes to the BJP in 2018 Vidhan Sabha. Right. That's why I was saying. Do not take with the Vidhan Sabha results and extrapolate. Seven seven people go to the JDS, one goes to the BJP, and oh, BJP still wins by seven lakhs. And uh, hello, Pradeep. Pradeep has joined us. Welcome, Pradeep. Kya hai, bhai? Namaskara. Hegidiri Chanagidri. Namaskara. Namaskara. Pradeep, that's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I can okay, also do this podcast in Canada if you want. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Damn. That's impressive. <laughs> you can, but then, then Kushal and I will just have to pretend that we understand every word of you, yes. what you are saying. Absolutely. <laughs> what Adit and I will do, you know, that film line is there. Samaj mein nahi aara kya kere, magar sun ke bahut achha laga. So, Pradeep, now let us uh, first, uh, we'll get to the Janki Baat uh, poll that you have done. But... Uh, yeah, that's on the paper 15. We're coming with another poll tomorrow, Kushal. Okay, okay. 
तो कल वाले पोल के रिजल्ट ठीक है मैं तो मैं नहीं मांगूंगा <laughs> अभी पॉडकास्ट पे <laughs> इतना बेशर्मी नहीं करूंगा मैं बट वॉट आई वॉन्ट टू डिस्कस फर्स्ट इज प्रदीप फ्रॉम अ बीजेपी परस्पेक्टिव एंड अ कांग्रेस परस्पेक्टिव एंड अ जेडीएस परस्पेक्टिव आई विल नॉट टॉक अबाउट द फेस बिकॉज वी ऑल नो द फेस ऑफ जेडीएस बट फ्रॉम अ बीजेपी एंड कांग्रेस परस्पेक्टिव प्रदीप who do you think has the most credibility in internal surveys as far as at the state level which leader has garnered the most support for the average uh, citizen of karnataka none from all the three uh, i'll tell you simple that this election at this moment is a two c election that is a caste and a candidate election the bjp is dependent on an m which is narendra modi to uh, help it cross the finish line and the congress is dependent on the m which is the muslim vote for help it uh, for ensuring that it consolidates the uh, anti bjp vote so this is not an election of uh, voting in sidaramaiya or voting back baswaraj bomai's government or voting kumar swami that is not the case so uh, that is why this election is much more uh, uh, complex because every region of karnataka is behaving differently and has different uh, understanding dynamics completely now uh, if i still talk about the leaders uh, my understanding and having traveled with 70 researchers on the ground uh, sidaramaiya is the most popular congress uh, candidate uh if uh, in terms of the congress voter so if the congress government comes into power he is generally the uh, individual who is consolidating the kurba vote bk shivkumar is more of a manager he is not a vote puller on the bjp side there are two vote pull, uh, there are multiple vote pullers but um, the the tallest leader that the bjp has still in karnataka is chief minister bs uh, early uh, chief minister yadurappa and at this moment baswaraj bomai has built an image of a man who is an easy going individual so uh, if my understanding is if the bjp returns to power whether with jds with few mlas of jds or as a single largest party or completely coming to majority they would uh, keep baswaraj bomai as the chief minister rather than installing a new chief minister on the on the jds side uh, all of us know it is kumar swami but uh, the story of this election uh, adit and uh, kushal is that this election if the if the trend which i am seeing on the ground if this continues on the polling day this election will see uh, another family pol- uh, party that is jds Uh, performing one of its uh, you know uh, one of its worst ever performance so the story of this election is the or can be if this trend continues is the depreciation of jds in old mysore region and the another nuanced way of looking at it is that the depreciation of jds is not just benefiting the congress at many places it is benefiting the bjp also the concept which is happening on the ground is that wherever the jds mla has not worked on those places the jds is not able to pull any vote except the vocalega vote and even the vocalega vote is splitting now it goes to the congress party if the congress has the second best competitor to take on the jds there it goes to the bjp if the bjp has a second best competitor to take it there so if i talk about a district of hasan you will see bjp benefiting if i talk about mandya except the city of mandya uh, other places congress is benefiting so this is uh, why there is no monolithic elect- narrative in this election Hmm. so so pradeep one thing i wanted to talk to you about and uh, you know we talk about the jds jds has 
previously in all the elections, if we see maintained that crucial 18 to 20 percent vote share that has given it about 25, 35 seats at the minimum. Of course, it went to 58 one time, but, you know, it's probably not going to go there. Uh, if if that erosion happens, right, are you seeing a vote completely going to the BJP because BJP is trying to get you know, forays into Vokaliga areas or is, if that erosion happens, is it going towards the Congress? So my question is, is it becoming a trifecta fight in certain areas of the old Mysore belt or is it becoming BJP Congress more and more? Uh, so Adit, when we predicted it to, in 2018 also very accurately, uh, I was, I traveled the state then, I am now traveling it in a similar manner uh, with a bigger team, but the election, this is much more complex. Last time what happened in 2018, it was a clear uh, uh, sentiment in the entire Old Mysore region to vote in Kumar Swami. That's why JDS could get 37 seats. This time, even in the Old Mysore region, many places are seeing tripolar fights. Some places are seeing bipolar fights. So I'll give you an example. So say there is a constituency in Hassan, which is Sakleshpur. Now there, the, B the JDS candidate was winning from the past two to three terms, but he did not uh, perform as per the expectation of the people and could not uh, deliver basic welfare uh, services that the individuals needed. The BJP got a second best candidate who was active in that region into its party. And now BJP is poised to take that seat from JDS. Whereas when I moved to Mandia, apart from the Mandia city, where again BJP is giving JDS a run for its money and it can, uh, if the trend goes by, continues on the polling day, Mandia city can be won by the BJP. But in other rural areas of Mandia, it's the Congress which is contesting against the JDS. So if I talk about a JDS vote which is splitting, uh, Adit, mark my words, it is splitting. This the, It is splitting at a very, very rapid place. It is splitting at a pace at which it has not happened in the past uh, at least two to three elections. But the split is not going to one party completely. It is going to uh, Congress at the place where Congress is strong in the district. It is going to BJP at the place where BJP is strong in the district. So another example, say if you come to Bengaluru, in Bengaluru rural, there are two seats, Devananhalli and Dodalwallapur. In those constituencies, JDS is contesting against Congress and JDS is weakening in Congress is benefiting. But whereas if I uh, go to, say, uh, Chikbalapur, in Chikbalapur, apart from Chikbalapur seat, there is another seat called as constituency called as Bakpali. There the BJP is benefiting. In a seat called as Dasarhalli in Bengaluru urban, their BJP is contesting against JDS. This is where this election is a very unique election and uh, where the candidate and caste are playing a very important role. And there the advantage that BJP is getting on certain seats is that even if the BJP is fielded a poor, uh, if the BJP is fielded an average candidate, the BJP can convert that seat because of Modi's impact. But if the BJP has fielded a poor candidate or the other party has fielded a better candidate than the BJP's candidate, then Modi impact does not come into picture. Whereas for the Congress party, there is no catalyst which can take it uh, towards the finish line except the caste consolidation of Kurma Muslim in some part of SCs and uh, to an extent a good candidate which Congress has fielded. So that is how I'm looking at it.
And Sakleshpur, just to add what you said, is a very interesting one because I think it was a safe JDS seat. But last time BJP came to within 3%, if I'm not mistaken, I think yes. lost by 4,000 votes. So again, uh, there are some seats like that where four or 5,000 votes here or there. And especially with Mr. Modi's impact, charisma or the right candidate, you know, they can swing anyways. And uh, Karnataka is a very strange state because of, you know, in Vidhan Sabha, you have only one or 2% between the BJP and Congress. So if the BJP has minor swings in certain states because their vote is pretty spread out. Uh, I think that could gain result into at least a gain of 10 or 15 seats for them. Uh, Adi, that is very possible. So now the thing is that last time Congress got 77 seats and BJP got 104 seats. Neither the Congress is able to retain all those 77 seats, neither the BJP is able to retain all those 104 seats. So this is, please, uh, so those who are saying that Congress is getting 130, 140, 145, uh, are uh, punching the numbers and the reality is much away from that because anybody who has, you know, who understands Karnataka politics knows that that can only happen in two ways where there is a sentiment to vote in a personality or sentiment uh, to vote out. So the last time when Congress came with such a big mandate was when there was a sentiment to vote in Sidharamaya and Yadurappa had split the party into KGF and BJP. That's where BJP mm -hmm. went down to 65-70 seats. Uh, that is not the scenario which is happening uh, right now. So, uh, yes, uh, this time, uh, Adit, I, I, if this trend continues, you will see both BJP and Congress increasing its vote share than what they had got in 2018, uh, which is there. That's that's something because uh, last time the JDS had a considerable vote share and this time that vote share is definitely coming down. So apart from the family, in fact, I'll give you this, that even the... Kumar Swami and his close family aides are seeing uh, difficulty in maintaining a good lead on their own seats. So imagine if one of the parties, whether BJP or Congress crosses 100 or is near the majority mark of 112-113, you might see a faction of JDS going and joining that party also if JDS weakens at this rate on the polling day too. So uh, JDS is finding it very tough to get this time other other votes. So JDS is not getting that much party vote. It is only getting significant candidate vote. Truly, and I mean, with with the with the challenges, and this probably is the last election where Deve Govda is even minorly campaigning. I mean, he's very old. He's been failed. He's been wheeled out in certain seats. So that is also an end of an era where Karnataka goes from a proper tri-party state to probably a, a, a BJP versus Congress to national party state because there has been since you know the time of J.H. Patel, Ramakrishna Higde, Janta Dal has always existed in Karnataka. But if the JDS is actually uh, you know declining, then one can say that it's probably going into a bi-party system. I uh, somehow uh, agree if this trend continues, Adit. And another thing uh, uh, which is very, very uh, important in this uh, uh, election is that what a uh, new trend which I am seeing is that the first time and the second time Vokalega voters are choosing, even in this election, Modi over JDS. So this JDS hold is continuing and is not uh, finishing but is uh, shrinking because of those old 55-year-old, 60-year-old, 65-year-old who had some emotional attachment with Deve Goda. But there also, Modi is able to has been successful in making a tent. Now listen to this catch. Had Congress, see, Congress has not been able to neither project Sidharamaya 
not project dk shiv kumar so the whole concept that lot of people are saying that okay dk shiv kumar is looking after the entire election so the vocal ligas are going one way to dk shiv kumar that is not happening that's not happening dk shiv kumar in kanakpura is doing very well but that does not apply to any other district except ramnagram so uh, whereas kurbas are consolidating with congress more than the muslims and this bajrang dal thing which the congress has announced in the manifesto has to a, even if i talk uh, in a very conservative way has united the entire bharatiya janata party and its cadres which were looking at in uh, you know different different pockets there were certain divisions they, uh, particularly post the ticket distribution so with this it has united and energized the bjp's cadre more than the congress's cadre particularly in the coastal belt which has 19 seats so earlier there was scenario like okay bendur there were another two three seats where the congress could have done well but now the um, the data that i'm getting from those places what i am now seeing and a consistent uh, you know the um, data is reflecting that bjp has now got a grip in those 19 seats like it had got in 2018 so i have a question over here uh, so from what i understand pradeep there are three central issues in in this entire election one of the main ones is this caste reservation issue how much of an effect it is having at the ground because on one side uh, the congress says they will give a 4% reservation to muslims the bjp has said we are going to flip that and distribute it in 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 uh, other castes so what is the impact of this reservation and how is it affecting the voting pattern i mean i had to explain what exactly is the issue itself is maybe because you know everybody doesn't follow karnataka uh, that closely so long story short uh, there was this claim from uh, the congress end that uh, they are giving 4% reservation and the bjp said we are going to take that away and then now if i remember siddaramaiah ji has made a statement that we will give 75% reservations matlab main lela lela chillaunga kurta phad ke version of reservation but uh, what do you make of that electorally see uh, two points number one i don't know who is uh, uh, advising the congress party because uh, uh, congress is make a uh, ensuring that in a match where it was batting on front foot uh, it has suddenly come on the back foot and it is now uh, on the verge of being uh, clean bowled i'll tell you why see muslims in every data in fact in my last poll which you were referring to 86% of the muslims preferred the congress so congress by saying that we will revoke this uh, reservation congress is basic uh, has uh, initiated to the hindu communities particularly the hindutva belt marathas and the lingayats that boss we are here for the muslims and we will do anything in order to ensure that your reservation is taken away and given back to the muslims so the bjp played a very big master stroke there where it was not that much to get the more vocaliga votes or the lingayat votes it was to give the indication to the lingayat and the vocaliga that congress prefers the muslim over the lingayat and the vocaliga so the whole narrative of getting these lingayat leaders into congress and splitting the bjp's lingayat vote completely was demolished because the congress publicly had to choose between a lingayat and a muslim and they ended up choosing a muslim that is number 1 number 2 is uh, is uh, this whole uh, you know uh, narrative of 75% reservation uh, are it on the ground 
the only caste which is consolidating more than the muslims with the congress is the kurbas and that is because of sidaramaiya mm-hmm. and it is consolidated in a uh, in a never seen before uh, scenario in fact it has always been consolidated but it is consolidating completely here even in the scs this time there is a division which means that these scs as a party are choosing i talk about the uh, lambanis are choosing the congress but non lambanis the bjp is able to create a dent on those places where the sc candidate of the bjp has worked so uh, neither is the 75 percentage which sidaramaiya has said is able to shift large chunk of lingayats towards congress nor was this uh, you know uh, in fact this was a self goal by publicly announcing that 4 percentage reservation is what we will take away and give back to the muslims so uh, three things have happened a that these lingayat leaders who joined the congress the lingayat it, they have not been able to successfully split the lingayat vote in fact jagdish shetter is losing his own constituency of ubli darwar centrals convincingly number one number two is that um, the congress by this bajrang dal thing has made has energized the bjp cadre in the coastal belt and it has motivated the bjp cadre to repeat the performance of 2018 and the number 3 is uh, that the uh, vocaligas uh, uh, the reduction in the vocaliga vote of the jds is not benefiting the congress alone so uh, i don't know from where is this whole narrative adit come that congress is touching 130 140 because anybody who understands some basics of karnataka politics or even would have traveled to different regions of karnataka would know that it is not as easy election as is being said and only people who would have taken some amount of you know money from a party would do so because 130 for congress is logically not possible on the ground and in current circumstances only bjp demolishes bjp uh, that can happen no i mean either money from someone or probably indulging in a very strong beverage of a certain variety can come up with that number of 130 but you know jokes apart one thing i want to add uh, to what pradeep was saying was for any party to go to 130 or 140 in karnataka you need at least 40 to 50% of the lingayat vote the way the lingayat population is dominant in about 85 to 90% constitute and since the whole virendra patel situation that we were talking about right before pradeep came uh, <clears throat> since that is- uh, situation congress has not gotten more than 30 35% bjp has gotten 60 60 sometimes it's even gotten to 80 where you know considerable sweep of the lingayat vote has happened so till and right now all the polls and pradeep is the pollster he'll probably tell me uh, better so I, i'm not internally asking his numbers but he knows bjp is still getting 60 70% quite comfortably from the lingayat constituencies and if that is happening it's numerically impossible for congress to even cross 120 so at best i think what the congress can hope for and that is what initially my numbers were is you know a single largest party where they get between a 90 and a 100 sort of situation or you know bjp becomes a single largest party but is about 20 short of majority and then congress hopes to get uh, a few seats with jds and independents and you know last minute resort politics starts happening in karnataka like we all know so uh but correct me if i'm wrong pradeep i don't think they can do it without 50% of the lingayat vote 
I completely agree uh, with you, Adit. In fact, I'll tell you, and I joke around this always that in my entire psychological uh, uh, career of 36 elections, one election where I grossly went wrong was Bengal, and to the surprise, uh, my surprise, every pollster went wrong in Bengal after that poll. So I, I you know, and uh, I have seen this as a trend that whatever we project, people take you of 10 udar dal do, 10 niche kar do. So um, even in this time in Karnataka, I'm seeing this situation. So uh, if I talk. rightly from the ground adit not even 50 congress for congress to even pull 30% lingayat vote or 25% lage lingayat vote will be a very big challenge because adit uh, there is a inflection point which took place in 2018 where sidaramaiya who has been projected or the perception of sidaramaiya is that of a leader who tried to divide the lingayats and that is somehow not gone from the subconscious of the lingayats across so the lingayats know that they are not voting for uh, a particular candidate a b c d ultimately the vote will go on making sidaramaiya the chief minister if the congress comes to power and um, that is something which the lingayats at least particularly on the ground uh, have not adjusted to so whatever seko aap parivar mein main kushal se naraaz ho sakta hu tumse naraaz ho sakta hu par main jaake rana yuk ke sath mein baith ke chai nahi piunga so it is similar to that uh, which is uh, you know the situation of a lingayat uh, for them uh, congress at this moment is uh, you know exactly similar so uh, the, uh, bits and pockets ab uh, lakshman shavdi athani ke andar theek hai 1000 1500 votes se jeet sakta hai par uska ye matlab nahi ki aage ki 25 seat jo hai wo impact kar raha hai so um, uh for the congress to win this election uh, adit i completely agree with you that only bjp can make ensure congress wins not congress can ensure bjp wins <laughs> yes I, i i i agree one one quick point what you said was very interesting uh, uh, you know about about the seat share and the uh, breakup of the karnataka you know uh, complexities right ki uh, you know the urban rural divide hum log hum log jo baat kar rahe the right so the congress <clears throat> the congress has not won karnataka uh, conclusively i think the only time they won was you know in during the sidaramaiya time where they won 122 seats right uh, in since in two thousand since 2004 that's been the one election where they've been above the halfway mark otherwise they've fallen short um bjp is a very unique position in karnataka where mr yediyurappa split the party in 2013 but then when he comes back he brings entirely all the votes that he left with him back Ye yes this not many leaders have done so I don't think one thing Kalyan Singh was able to do that in Uttar Pradesh. It took BJP Ooh. years after Kalyan Singh came back to get it. So that is where it's significant. And uh, BJP made sure they accommodated Mr. Yediyurappa's son. You know, sources were saying that was his only condition. And the minute that happened, he has been at the forefront campaigning. So uh, my friend Kishore Narayan, I was talking to him. He was saying the same thing that if Mr. Yediyurappa is the and he didn't be the chief ministerial face, if he is the face. keeping the party candidates in order then bjp will more likely than not get that lingayat vote that they need to form a base and then they can get the votes from the obc areas and the coastal areas where there is certain hindu muslim polarization as well and kushal and i were talking about it kushal actually wanted to uh, you wanted you were making a point about it uh, about the polarization right kushal yeah so pradeep the one thing i have noticed in the entire coverage of this election is so congress has been categorical about the 
PFI uh, thing and Bajrang Dal thing, they have been consistent on the quota promises and whatever social justice outreach. But what is very interesting, Pradeep, is on this burqa ban in the colleges. Have you noticed the Congress has not said they will overturn it? They're like dilly-dallying around it. They're like, you know, mera man to bahut karta hai, magar mein karunga nahi kind of a situation. What do you think? Why is the Congress? Like they have said they will ban Bajrang Dal, but on the burqa issue, they are very like, uh, we don't know. Uh, they're not saying no, and they're not saying yes. So what do you do about it? Yeah, I actually don't know what is the Congress thinking. Earlier, I was, uh, you know, really appreciating the strategy of the Congress party. But now when I look at it, uh, particularly in the last 10 to 15 days, uh, I somehow don't understand what they're up to. Because it's simple, like if you can't, uh, 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 I am also, I have no answer, direct answer to that question. Because see, by making it apparent that you are banning Bajrang Dal, you have uh, motivated the BJP's cadre to a different extent altogether in the coastal area. Otherwise, in the coastal areas, I'll tell you in the uh, district of Udupi, there was this seat, Bandur, which was considered to be a very close contest. But I don't see that happening in the last two, three days. And what data I'm getting, it, it's completely gone towards the, it, the narrative is slowly becoming a lot about Hindutva. So there was a chance that out of 19 seats, Congress could get seven, eight in uh, coastal Karnataka. But now for it to even get five seats is a very big challenge. So which means that in the 2000, uh, the BJP, if it that current trend continues, it will repeat the uh, the performance in coastal Karnataka, the similar performance that it got in 2018. Now, uh, uh, on this uh, burqa ban thing, uh, I really don't know, Kushal. I have no answer to that because if the Congress was smart, it would not have said that we will also ban the Bajrangdal along with the PFI because automatically, uh, PFI is A, banned across the country. B, you are already getting the Muslim vote. C, uh, what benefit you get by doing so. Because uh, there were reports that the BJP is not united. There are certain factions which are taking place. But now, I what my people are telling, sir, the close margin seats where there were chances of the BJP to do bad because of its own reasons, are there? Now they've suddenly become completely united. And another point which I want to bring here, Kushal, you know, I give the BJP Sangathan complete credit on one point, and that is these 50 candidates that they changed and they uh, ensured that they could repeat a partial Gujarat experiment in Karnataka because many of these people who they had changed were suffering from significant anti-incumbency. Had the BJP not changed that, you would have seen a scenario of a very strong Congress sentiment because people were not agree, angry against the Bharati Janta Party. They were angry against the particular candidate. So many states, for example, the seat of Haveri and many other places. So uh, from the from a distance, it would look, oh, BJP is in uh, different units. But when you look at it now very closely and when uh, you I, I analyzed the uh, seat very closely and after that, when we started to poll in the last 15 to 20 days, I was really amazed that in many of these 55 seats, there were more chances for the BJP to convert these seats than earlier because the candidates were changed. So, um, so uh, A, on your answer to the Burkha thing, I have no answer, honestly. And uh, B is um, that Congress looks confused to me now. Because if I ask Adit, that Adit, what does the Congress gain by this? Uh, except ensuring that the BJP can polarize more votes in Belgavi, more votes, more Maratha and Lingayats in Bagalkot, 
So I really don't have a you know answer because no, till the time BJP does not split, it uh, BJP does not go down in Belgavi. Till the time BJP does not go down in Bagalkot. Till the time BJP does not go down in the Lingayat Maratha belt, there are very limited chances for the Congress Party to cross the majority. Yeah, actually, that's that's one of the points that I was making right before you came about the Belgavi uh, Bengaluru uh, conundrum. That BJP, if they get seventy percent in the Belgavi Bengaluru region, which looks like pretty likely out of those two seats, you know, big strongholds of the BJP, they will sweep. But Congress has to keep them below fifty percent for them to win. Now, if they you know commit harakiri or you know uh, not just. Put, uh, you know, take an axe and uh, cut down their foot. They actually jump on the axe. Then they only have themselves to blame. And <clears throat> about the Gurkha issue, I think the problem with the Congress has been that rather than addressing these issues at a state level, they get the national leadership that is close to Rahul Gandhi and five journalists to come up with these ideas of you know what to how to address this. And they will say something that works very well in the India International Center in Delhi, but it will not work when you go to the states and talk to the people. It will not work. Work in parts of urban and rural India where the issues are very real, right? Like, the, I mean, their issues are totally different than what. So I think it's a, it's a, the challenge of um, what Congress calls the Delhi-based op-ed circuit and translating it to what. Uh, you know, translate to the state leadership. And I think that's not happening. And then you have, but I want to ask you a quick question and maybe Kushal, we can all take this uh, question on after. What do you think about the rumors that Shivakumar and Siddharamaya, there is some sort of an infighting happening within the Congress cadre also about if, you know, one-upmanship and that might also affect Congress. Because in BJP, we used to see that initially in Karnataka, but after Mr. Yediyurappa, that has gone down and Mr. Boma is the face, front and center. So are you seeing that infighting in the Congress? So, uh, 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 the short answer to that is yes. Um, now, but before that, let me make a very principal point to what you said, uh, Kushal. You know, uh, uh, what Adit what said, Kushal. Kushal, there was a time in Indian politics when uh, parties uh, used to fight among each other or used to compete with each other to get the Muslim vote in order to win Indian elections. Now, those parties which go out of the way in order to just get the Muslim vote end up doing a self-goal and ensure that they do not win election. So earlier, I'm not talking about places where the demography is tilted like Bengal, but any other place where the demography, uh, demography is not as tilted, the, uh, the, the eagerness to get the Muslim vote or appease the Muslim vote ends up completely finishing whatever little chances these parties have to win certain elections. Because the Hindus today have become very, very conscious that they want the treatment of equality. They do not want a treatment of, uh, you know, special treatment given to other individuals. So that is a very big change which has taken place. And let me tell you another thing, uh, Kushal, and that's a fact. You see one government to other government changing, second government to third government changes because the Hindus change their vote based on development and all of it. Sadly, in this country, the voting trend suggests that for the Muslims, at least, whether you take across geography, Muslims tend to, for the Muslims, it is that uh, the chances for them to vote a Muslim candidate or a party which appeases the Muslims is more than the party which talks about equality. So that is something which has been a consistent trend on the ground. Now, on the rift between DK and Sidama, it's so apparent so apparent other than I'll give you two examples to it. Number one, I was in this constituency in uh, uh, in one of these districts in Old Mesu region 
where the candidate who got the ticket was a newcomer and the candidate who could not get the ticket was a loyalist of uh, sidaramaiah the loyalist of sidaramaiah stood as an independent and the loyalist of dk shivkumar got ticket and now that constituency is where the congress is have to really you know uh, struggle to cross the finish line sidaramaiah with my top sources tell me did not want varuna because varuna is a constituency which was far from bengaluru and it would require a lot of time for him to travel he has been uh, 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 number 3 is many of his candidates have not got ticket at many many places so what happened to sidaramaiya and badami can end up happening to sidaramaiya in varuna even if it uh, even if it is not what happened to sidaramaiya in chamundeshwari so sidaramaiya lost in chamundeshwari against gt devgoda last time and in badami shri ravnu really had to uh, you know made him sweat out the entire election here in varuna a strong lingayat consolidation is taking place against sidaramaiya now if the bjp is able to get certain amount of sc and st votes then you will see bjp creating a big big uh, upset in varuna but even if it does not create an upset you will see sidaramaiya struggling in terms of winning that seat it's not a 20000 25000 seat at all so yes he is not got any say in terms of ticket distribution b dk shivkumar in very public interviews in fact he made uh, it apparent in one of our other interviews that it's not necessary that sidaramaiya will be the chief minister number 3 all the funds are controlled by dk shivkumar dk shivkumar's men have got more tickets than uh, sidaramaiya and what if you see it was parmeshwar and sidaramaiya who took care, care of the 2018 election parmeshwar is completely sidelined being sidelined and if uh, uh, sidaramaiya has also not got any hold in terms of strategic decision making so he is getting the votes but he is not able to decide um, adit that what happens but adit another point is you should also talk about whether malikarjun kharge and his son want the congress to come back with complete majority or not because if the congress comes back with complete majority then what happens to priyank kharge's career because it will all be dk shivkumar who run the show yeah he will he will no longer be the president of the republic of gulbarg and if people yeah. are wondering what is the republic of gulbarga please look up that is mr malikarjun kharge's area but just to add something to what pradeep said ye ye uh, kushal ye problem yahi hota hai number walon ko bulao na to they have to talk about numbers so i have to add one point badami seat was so interesting last time that sidaramaiya only won it by 1600 votes 1696 was the margin of victory like about close to 1% so anything can happen uh, this time as pradeep was saying and uh, sidramaiya last time had to vacate his seats to uh, you know accommodate his son is bar halat itni kharab hai ki i don't even think he can accommodate his son and ensure his victory so i think that's how bad it is for mr sidramaiya fair enough now there was a particular oped that was written in the indian express on the 3rd of may that is today by supriya roy choudhary look i'm reading it because i found it intriguing i don't i'm not saying yeah. whether i agree or disagree with it so i'm going to quote a few excerpts from it because i think it's very important what she is written so i'm reading directly the current competitive uh, electoral discourse of parties in karnataka reveals a certain lack of engagement with what are arguably critical issues in the state's political economy karnataka she says is a leader in it and exports etc in cutting its sectors like biotechnology but despite this impressive post 1990s growth profile these are very important numbers that he has shared she has shared i'm sorry poverty in karnataka is at 13.2% in 2021 continues to be highest among the southern states where tamil nadu is 4.89 0.71 in kerala 12.3% in andhra pradesh 
similarly estimates from 2021 show karnataka does not feature in the high hdi list of eight states and in fact states overall hdi ranking is 17th infant mortality in 2022 was 20 per 1000 live births compared to 6 in kerala 13 in tamil nadu multidimensional poverty index released by niti ayog in 2021 highlighted that 34% remained nutrition deprived compared to kerala 15 tamil nadu 24 and andhra 26 the continuing north south divide she talks about that uh, you know poverty still is 35% in historically poor northern districts of chitradurga bellari koppal raichur gulbarga bagalkot and bidar uh urbanization is at 38% according to her and the uh, and uh, the census also um 165% of the urban population is in major transport corridors that is bengaluru belgaum mysuru this goes on and shares that a lot of these things uh the over obsession with urbanization but uh nobody wants to talk about unemployment rural issues and um, what she is saying is that these issues are being underplayed by a lot of people in electoral analysis is that first pradeep and then adit you also come no i honestly feel that it's bullshit and then tell you why because see in the rural areas i am telling you that and what uh, this is what data suggests and adit you can come on any candidate whether it is bjp or congress if the candidate has worked he is getting cross caste vote so the areas which she is talking about there say for example areas around hubli darwar there were places where there was issues of drinking water reaching uh, at time there were issues of water supply and all so if a candidate has been able to solve a basic uh, basic day to day needs of the people whether it is water whether it is home whether it is roads there is no chance that the candidate cannot win the election so the, so the beauty of this election in karnataka kushal particularly in the rural areas is that a candidate from a bjp or a congress or any party with a leave apart jds will get votes from an sc or an st or a, or a lingayat or a maratha if the candidate has worked so people if you talk about the performance of the candidate is the main criteria when an individual goes out to vote in this state that is number 1 number 2 is uh, uh, this whole you know uh, 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 way of looking down on the rural areas if you look at the voting trend it's the rural areas or the rural parts of karnataka which come down come to vote in a much much higher uh, percentage than the average voting percentage in fact bengaluru in 2013 urban was 20 percentage lower in voting than rural areas even that was the scenario in 2018 that bengaluru did not even came out to vote so why, this is this mindset is exactly that of a white man that a white man tells a uh, uh, you know what is good for us or what is not good for us what i can tell you is that uh, in the larger electorate people in this country vote based on the work done by the candidate and then they look at their caste and a candidate if he works significantly then he gets cross caste vote and uh, the work or the announcement that a political party does during the time of election has a very minimal 
uh, you know importance in the mind of the voter in order to decide the voting outcome so modi wins elections in this country not because modi announces something during the time of election because modi works when there is no election which is taking place so you i'll give you an example you any individual who travels from hubli dharwar to bengaluru will know the infrastructure of the road the way it has improved any person who will reach uh, you know travel to the constituencies around belgavi and other places will know that water is reaching in a much better place uh, situation now places where she's talking about bidar gulbarga these are all hyderabad karnataka belts which come and here the uh, there are many places where the candidates have not been able to ensure that basic delivery of services reach basic you know tap water reach houses were not built so yes that is uh, that has been an issue so i think uh, it is not that the voters or the politicians do not talk about these issues the politicians talk about these issues and that is why these respected candidates get elected and this is why this is an election based on candidate in fact karnataka to an extent i would uh, give it complete credit that the importance that the voters have on uh, uh, what work their candidate have done in the state is much much higher than in many other states uh, which are there so if she compared it to andhra pradesh in andhra pradesh you have many scenarios where uh, you know liquor plays a very important role in uh, towards the last bit that is not the scenario here here the voter will take money from three parties but still vote the party which the voter wants to that is what i am trying to say so i somehow disagree with this whole uh, logic that rural issues are not being considered in electoral politics in fact the, they are considered maximum and this is what shapes it is the tragedy that the urban voter does not come out to vote to uh, you know claim its importance in the overall uh, uh, electo, uh, you know election narrative in the state of karnataka so let me let me add something uh, kushal I, i i agree with pradeep on this because there are two things right first of all mumbai have faces the same problem where the mumbai urban especially in mumbai south the voting percentages are re really low and the biggest reason is that when you are at a certain level in terms of financial social security stability and so it doesn't matter for you who the mla or mps there are ways in india of getting your work done right so there is not enough investment in rural india in fact what i have seen there is more investment in who your mla is who your mp is so what they work what basic stuff they do ki yahan pe you go to gujarat go to maharashtra yahan pe canal lagwaya ya mere bete ko job dila di ya ek college khulwaya hospital khulwaya there are basic needs like that right that that impacts votes so and and then when they talk about caste and community it is as simple as what the west is discovering now representation matters right so if someone feels that in spite of the work xyz is representing their ideas thoughts values correctly that's what that's how the lead lead you know it leads to the votes secondly you have um, uh, issues across districts right like if some some complicated districts with other issues how do how do they vote let me give you an example of a district called kolar okay kolar is a district that since independence 1952 till 2019 has voted for the congress they voted for janata party once okay and they voted for bjp last time and they won by 2 lakh votes so how do you explain this phenomenon suddenly they decided that you know they 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 are done with their there are more complicated issues at play what pradeep said most people 90% of the voters make up their mind about who they are going to vote you can look at any opinion poll survey any exit poll survey apna problem ye hai ki we only look at the numbers there are a million questions that they ask during the opinion poll apart from the numbers and that will tell you that most people have made up their mind the swing vote in certain seats depends on you know 
if a, there is a scandal with a certain candidate, you know, the prime minister sometimes will come and uh, assure some national sort of support to a local mission that will swing votes. So what what she's saying may be true for a few seats, but I, I think it would be certainly insulting to say and extrapolate that to the rest of India that it just seems that people don't know what the hell they're talking about. They just go and vote or based on what five people say on Twitter or five people say on rally, rallies. I don't think that is the case at all. You know, Kushal, talking about Kolar, Kolar always had a very big issue in terms of water and uh, it was considered to be a dry district and uh, the, for many ages. The fact that the BJP won there, uh, apart from the multiple other factors, was its commitment to get water to that district. And now the situation has improved much, uh, you know, much, much more. I want to talk again about Sakleshpur. I had gone to a village in Sakleshpur, which was called as Basvagudi, not the Basvagudi of Bengaluru. There, a 70-year-old guy, a vocal guy, asked, BJP, Congress, JDS. He was around 75, 80 years old. He could not understand me, which is there. But when I was going, he came to me. Okay, he came to me. He took a flower from his garden and put it here and said, Modi ji, Modi ji. I said, Why? Then he showed me a water tank which is there. And then his son told me that this water tank was not installed in the village for the past 25 years, and Modi's scheme made it installed. So what I'm saying is that please don't think that voters are fool. In fact, you and me, all of us sitting here, have. Uh, uh, hardly any engagement in terms of the voters, the genuine masses they have. They really engage. They want their work to be done and that is why the destiny of this country has been changed repeatedly and we are moving forward. And had the urban areas been so conscious, the, uh, you know, our voting percentage would have been much, much more. Uh, Adit rightly said, in fact, I did a poll in the urban area, 63% of the people uh, of the first time voters did not even know the name of their MLA. Whereas in the rural areas, the statistics were completely the ulta. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely. So, it, it, so the logic, you know, added that per capita incre uh, income increases, so you will uh, become more ingrained in the process. You will start talking more about issues. All of that, I do not see that happening. Was. <laughs> The, the the joke is the the more they move from rural to urban they start talking about from local to global <laughs> i was like bhai apne <laughs> bombay to miss kar diya seedha manhattan pe chale gaye <laughs> let's talk about mumbai and then talk about then talk about yeah. what you did adit overall globally if yeah. you look at it the richer countries have very abysmal voting percentages oh so, I, mean, I, I i i am talking to you from one <laughs> right yeah, now I mean, america has horrible percentages of ontario voting. ontario one of the most prominent provinces of Canada. last election, Ontario state election was voting percentage. I was crazy. 30% something. In the 30s. I was so angry. I said, how many people are They don't care. They get free health care, free this, free that. Good jobs. They don't care. They don't go out and vote. And then they, then they say, sub corrupt. But one piece of information I wanted to share with my viewers, because when you come to, before I take the audience questions, because you come to the Charvak podcast for these kinds of things. So an interesting list of the richest candidates this time around, right? So the richest is MTV Raj Nagaraj from BJP. Uh, BJP the, yeah. yeah. So he has assets worth Amma Meri, 1,912 crores, sir. And wow. combined assets with wife is 2,607.84 crores. Then after that, DK Shivakumar, 
total assets are 1,214 crore, an increase of 68% from 2018. Damn, being a politician is awesome. Then after that is Priya Krishna Congress, uh, Bengaluru Urban Govinda, the candidate from Govindra Rajanagar has 1,156 crores. Then again, another Congressy, Shantinagar constituency, 397 crores. Shamanur, Shivashankar Karappa, Congress again. Then UT Kader Congress. And then one BJP wala comes again, you know, uh, the this is the poorest beta. The poorest candidate is also from Congress, 3.41 crore. Then after that, uh, another BJP guy, CN Ashwatha Narayan is 4 crores. And then another BJP guy, Ashoka, 5.28 crores. And BC, BC Nagesh, 7.95 crores. And then Congress, 12.13. So BJP might have the richest candidate. But after that, Congress has all the rich ones. Non-stop. No, no. And, and MTB Nagra has been with the Congress since 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, these are one of the he is one of the 17 who brought down the uh, the government the the covers uh, during the whole the whole speaker fiasco yeah. went from the Congress to BJP. Yeah. <laughs> ियसमेंट्रीड uh, it is not a serious question, but some, somebody said, Pradeep Bhaiya, uh, will, will the Gambhir Kohli fight impact BJP's word share? <laughs> 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 question bole, uske hai Pradeep disconnected. I think he'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Nay, there is a Congress guy who said that there is a uh, uh, some uh, uh, Gambhir oh, yeah. MP is uh, abusing the Kannadika pride or something like that. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, I mean, I... I, I, I uh, let me ask Pradeep. question? 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 Gautam Gambhir BJP MP is torturing our RCB player. Kannadika pride. Kannadika pride Virat Kohli. कांग्रेस Despite all the Bajarangdal ban noise in terms of ticket allotment to Muslims, has it happened vis-a-vis -vis OBC Dalits? You know, uh, Congress knows that the Muslims will not vote the BJP in any scenario. 
the Congress knows that the Muslims will choose the party which can defeat the BJP. That is with the larger community. So, इसको पता है कि मुस्लिम वोट तो मेरे जेब में है ही तो अब मुझे दूसरे वोट लेने के लिए मैं एटलीस्ट ऑप्टिक्स दिखाऊं कि भाई उतने मुस्लिम कैंडिडेट को ना मैं दू जितना अपेरेंट चीज हो जाए दैट इज हाउ आई लुक एट इट सो इसीलिए उनने कम रिप्रेजेंटेशन मुसलमान कैंडिडेट को दिया क्योंकि उनको पता है कि मुस्लिम वोट नॉट केयर कि कितने मुसलमान कैंडिडेट को रिप्रेजेंटेशन दिया मुस्लिम वोट यर केयर की कौन सी पार्टी बीजेपी को हरा सकती है बट अब उन, उन लोगों ने ये जो भी कम रिप्रेजेंटेशन मुस्लिम कैंडिडेट को देके सोचा कि भाई वो कलेगा लिंगायस को ज्यादा हम रिप्रेजेंटेशन देंगे एस सीज को देंगे उसको फायदा होगा पर ये जो इनने बजरंग दल वाला किया और ये जो चार परसेंट पे घिर गए उससे इनका ये जो पूरा कम मुसलमानों को टिकट देना वाला जो इनका एक स्ट्रैटेजी थी वो शायद से उतनी इफेक्टिव नहीं रही सो माय अंडरस्टैंडिंग इज दैट मुस्लिम कांग्रेस नोज दैट मुस्लिम्स विल चूज द पार्टी विच कैन डिफीट द बीजेपी एंड इन कर्नाटका इट इज दैट एंड दिस टाइम जेडीएस एट अ वेरी वीक पोजीशन सो इट डज नॉट नीड टू गिव मोर मुस्लिम कैंडिडेट्स टिकट इन ऑर्डर टू गेट द मुस्लिम वोट इट इज ऑटोमेटिकली गेटिंग द मुस्लिम वोट दैट इज माय रीडिंग आदित्य यू कैन कम हाँ नहीं आई वुड अग्री विद इट एंड दे डोंट हैव एक्सटर्नल फैक्टर्स लाइक असदुद्दीन ओवाइसी एंड अदर people in karnataka elections right you don't have uh, uh, because see congress ka ek problem tha ki up bihar mein they were worried you know is asaduddin ovc getting some percentage of votes and so forth i don't think there is an issue so it is almost a certainty that sara muslim vote jayega uh, uh, congress ko and aam aadmi party is also not a factor dekho gujarat mein bhi factor utna bada tha nahi but wo ek dar tha ki is is aam aadmi party going to take away certain votes right so it is a straight congress bjp fight in i would say 60 to 70% seats in karnataka and when that happens congress sort of knows ki muslim votes to jana hi hai unko so then they do this sort of uh, shadow boxing but the problem is what pradeep said aapka messaging kya hai right is the congress playing a soft hindutva line or the congress is playing sort of the leftist line which it talks about the bajrang dal and equates it with pfi right because again there there this is the penchant like if for shooting themselves in the foot if they and i am no fan of the congress right par mujhe dekh ke hansi aati hai like whenever i am analyzing elections i always thinking ki aaj main subah uthunga and what harakiri will congress do and that will define the election so you know two days ago it was this so we let's see what happens in the next week so another question here i'm going to paraphrase it and then read the quotes also so somebody What, what do you make of this entire corruption of the BJP candidate? वो याद है ना थोड़े टाइम पहले करप्शन का वीडियो भी आया था एंड दैट पर्सन वॉज रिमूव्ड एंड सो यू नो लॉट ऑफ पीपल से दैट बीजेपी इन कर्नाटका इज एज करप्ट एज द कांग्रेस एंड बीजेपी हैज बीन एट टाइम्स अक्यूज ऑफ मुस्लिम अपीजमेंट ऑल्सो सो देन वॉट इज वॉट इज द एक्चुअल इम्पैक्ट ऑफ ऑल ऑफ दिस अबाउट द होल करप्शन चार्ज अगेंस्ट बीजेपी बोथ ऑफ यू अगेन प्रदीप एंड देन आदित You know, on the ground when I've spoken to people, uh, the sentiment is that three of them are corrupt. Hai. So somehow the thing is that uh, corruption is why it's not such a big issue. Because if corruption is such a big issue, then Congress will have to completely change election, and it's, the caste should not matter, candidate should not matter. Say, let's change it. The corrupt government has to be removed. But the issue is that because the earlier government of the Congress, which the people saw under the chief ministership of Sidharamayya and all, there it was not a very honest government, and it's the same faces which are there. So had Congress uh, suppose built another face which Did, uh, the state did not experiment or did not have an experiment in terms of running an administration 
then this it could have been a parallel in mind of the voter but voter knows ki jds wala aayega wo bhi kuch khayega congress wala aayega wo bhi kuch khayega ye bjp wale bhi jo hai the dooth ke dule nahi hai ground pe isiliye narrative dono teeno ka uspe nahi ban paaye bjp walon ke sare the chalo modi hai to kuch na kuch to kamar kas ke rakhega congress walon ke sath wo scenario cheez nahi hai so uh, the corruption uh, the perception of all the three parties in karnataka is that not of honest parties that is the issue Mm. I I I would I would agree with that. Uh, it's never been, and then the whole Reddy brothers scenario happened where one of the Reddy brothers is banned from contesting in his seat, so he's contesting on a different party, but the other Reddy brother is still within the BJP, right? So there was an issue that, and but you also have to see the alternatives, right? So say the BJP has a few corrupt candidates, right? But you cannot have the alternatives being Sidharamaiya and uh, D K Shivakumar, hardly the paragons of virtue. Right, so I mean, or the Kumaraswamy extended family, in, with, because that is what JDS has become, right? So the the, the issue is, corruption is an issue when you have a corrupt candidate and when the alternative has that background to take on that corruption. Unfortunately, I mean, do do I like the fact that there are a lot of candidates accused of corruption? No, absolutely not. I wish we had better candidates, but the reality of it is. the what the for the people who are voting is they when they have candidates who are equivalently accused of corruption they are going to unfortunately look at other issues now if you are trying to make a larger point obviously we need better candidates but then the congress also has to decide if they want to take on and make corruption an issue you cannot do it with shiv kumar and sidaramaiah leading the charge so to speak you know also kushal i'll tell you what i think uh, till the time this whole um, essence of how political parties are funded and how transparent it is you know uh, till the time all of that is not sorted out you will always see these scenarios happening it is very costly to fight an election in south compared to fight an election in north so uh, that is uh, you know that's why you have so, so many rich and i think somehow we need to change this narrative in this country that rich people cannot be in politics and do well the issue is that full time politicians do not have any other source of income and in that scenario in order to have the you know uh, become 24/7 be in politics gather resources this is where these scenarios happen uh, so uh, that is a larger uh, fundamental point uh, which is there and you can't fight elections in this country without resources to do a rally also it take crores of money uh, no it requires crores of money all right so before we wrap it up because we're almost touching an hour and a half mark so i guess um we can you know we have a tradition in our election podcast adit and i always do this so i'll start first uh i predict a hung assembly and a and a congress victory pradeep you like sharam nahi aati tujhe जेडीएसोरो
so that you can call me again on the podcast after the exit poll on the 10th too and i can get you more viewers and all of us can share the ad revenue and make more money <laughs> 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 no, yeah. no. pradeep pradeep ne sachi baat bol di we are all in it for that why <laughs> <laughs> should why should politicians have all the fun we should have yes. we should have fun talking about politicians right <laughs> yes, yes yes absolutely so guys we'll wrap up as always uh, adit and uh, pradeep thank you very much this was a lot of fun i enjoyed talking elections with both of you so thank you very much for coming thank you so much namaskara chanagidri all right guys we'll wrap it up in the description of the podcast you'll have pradeep's twitter handle adip's twitter handle also go and check out the janki baat uh, website if you can and uh, as far as i'm concerned you know the drill please subscribe to the charvak podcast youtube channel or if you're an audio listener leave a rating on spotify and iphone like this video leave your comments in the comment section maybe you can leave your predictions over there and then we can check how many of you got it right uh, on the day of the results and uh, please support this podcast this is a member driven podcast i know logo ko lagta hai main bjp voter hu to bjp se bahut paise milte honge believe me chawanni bhi nahi milti bjp se mujhe to member bano is podcast ka support this podcast that's the only way this podcast survives or buy the merchandise or send your donations through upi i'll see you guys next time until then take care bye